0: Hello and welcome to the Gospel Every Day Podcast, following along with the Mariner's Church annual read. There is unlimited grace for us today, no matter what happens, because of who Jesus is and what he has done. My name is John Thomas, and I'll be your host for today. Let's begin by reading from today's scripture, which is Proverbs 28, verse 11, and then chapter 30, verse 9. The rich are wise in their own eyes. One who is poor and discerning sees how deluded they are. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you, and say, "Who is the Lord?" Or I may become poor and still, and so dishonor the name of God. As we've established already throughout this amazing devotional journey, and I really hope that you've enjoyed it and that you stuck uh, with it, uh, one of the themes that continues to come up is that pride is blinding. Pride has a way of concealing us from what others, especially those close to us, uh, may clearly see. Pride puffs up, it bolsters self-righteousness, and it conceals our true need for repentance. And today's passage tells us that riches can have the exact same effect, that an abundance of riches can blind us to our own foolishness. It can blind us to our very real need for a savior as we falsely convince ourselves of our own independently self-earned status of righteousness. So why are we so easily blinded by the pride of riches? I think there are a few reasons, and in many cases, not all, riches comes on the back end of achievement. Achievements that we've worked hard at, and these are great things, achievements that we may have won out, maybe even against others. Another reason is the abundance of choice that wealth can often create. We are seemingly more free. We have more options, more outlets to explore than those who are quote-unquote beneath us that do not have access to. So often we may feel superior because of the outcome, the intake of our riches. So sometimes it comes through What we think is our self-grit, our hard work. We've earned it, therefore we're better. And then we think because we have more, we are more. Because we can do more, we have more choice. Both of these things are very much at play. But I want to suggest that there's another area of trapping that can cause us to be blind to the negative effect of wealth. So you may be listening to this right now and you may be thinking, well, clearly this isn't me. I don't have this abundance of choices that you talk about. I wish that I did. I'm not wealthy. And if anything, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. So this whole pride of riches thing, surely this cannot apply to me. Perhaps you read verses like 1 Timothy 6.17, which says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth. And when you hear that, you think, yeah, (laughs) I mean, somebody should warn those guys. Don't be arrogant on what you have. Don't put your hope in your wealth. Somebody tell them. They need to know these things. But here's the truth. For the overwhelming vast majority of us, we are rich. We are the ones that this passage and many others brings this warning to. I know you've probably heard some of these stats before, but... Just a reminder that if you live in the US, if you live in a country that makes up only 4% of the world's population, yet we consume 40 to 50% of the world's resources. Let that sink in again. 40% of the world's population, yet we consume 40 to 50% of the world's resources. And while many of us, we have two cars in our families, And we even have homes for our cars called garages. Only 8% of the world's population has a car. 40% of the world lacks basic sanitation. 1 billion do not have access to clean drinking water. 2 billion of the world don't have access to electricity. 1.2 billion live on 25 cents a day. So as you may have heard before, if you drive a car, flush a toilet, have access to clean drinking water, food, and electricity, you are rich by any standard at any time in human history. We are rich. Juliet Shore, a Harvard economist, uh, noted this in her research in the Overspent American. As she showed that only one third of American households that make over 100K a year agree with the statement that I can afford to buy everything I really need. Let me read that again. Only one third of American households that make over 100K a year agree with the statement that I can afford to buy everything I really need. This means that the most wealthy people in the most wealthy country in the history of the world believe that they can't afford everything that they really need. And full disclosure, I often feel that way, and I would often respond to that question in that way. And the truth is, is that we swim in this everyday narrative of our culture of oversaturation of affluence that we can become blind to to the affluence around us and what it's actually doing to us. We're like the fish that the late author David Wallace uh, once wrote about. You may have heard this when he said, there were two young fish swimming along and they happened to meet an older fish swimming the other way who nods at them and says, good morning, boys, how's the water? And the two young fish swim on for a bit. And then eventually one of them looks over at the other and says, what the heck is water? See, wealth and affluence is the water. It's the cultural narrative, the story, the illusion, the trapping that we swim in every day. And not only are we so often blind to its present reality, we're often blind to its trappings and its negative effects, principally of which is pride. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that someone has probably already beaten me to this great quote on pride from C.S. Lewis. But if that's the case, receive it again. If you haven't heard it yet, it's a good one. Keep it in your back pocket. Uh, C.S. Lewis once said this about pride. Pride, on the other hand, is the mother of all sins and the original sin of Lucifer, an instrument strung but preferring to play itself because it thinks it knows the tune better than the musician. Pride is blinding. Pride drives us away from the heart of the Father and more towards an inward human experience. And we know and we've seen that the inward human experience is one that leads to corruption. It leads to depravity. It leads to a sense of always having to prove ourselves, to get ahead, to obtain and amass more riches than those that are around us. And when we do, and if we do, we are rarely, if ever, satisfied. In fact, the exact opposite becomes true. We are filled with pride when all we can see is ourselves. And when all we can see is ourselves, we miss out on the grand goodness and the nature and the character of who God is. And so what is our motivation for pursuing wealth? And again, that motivation is not a bad one. That's a God-placed motivation that we want to be able to provide for ourselves and for our families and to use what God has given us to to steward and to bless others. But when we take that God-placed motivation and we focus it inward, that's where we're met with corruption. And so we have to be honest, we have to be bold, we have to be courageous, and we have to, yes, again, be dependent on the work of the Spirit within us to cause us to be people of change. So Holy Spirit, again, as we've prayed in these first three days, it is our continual prayer that you would not only show us, that you would not only bring right-sized conviction but that you would give us the courage, the power to make the change necessary in our lives. That we would see generosity as a faith-filled journey of joy. That we would experience more of who you are and express more of who you are for the sake of others in your kingdom. We pray these things again today in your name. Amen. Thanks so much for allowing us to be a part of your day